0: Should you still be sitting an AFC South running back coming off a week 12 injury? Is one NFC East rookie a must play in his matchup this weekend? And has a new lead receiver emerged for a team in Florida? Plus six-time FFPC league champion Scott Kobe hops aboard the show to talk about potentially panicking about the Patriots offense, how to handle the Pittsburgh backfield in week 13, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour begins right
1: now.
2: Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home For analysis from the best players in the world and now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Bultman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the
1: scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man nobody ever told me what a man was.
0: Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Volcaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to be discussing Tyler Higbee's struggles and what that means for you in the FFPC and the Football Guys League playoffs this week. Whether Mike White can do it again this week and six-time FFPC league champ, Scott Kobe will pull in to analyze Chase Claypool's prospects this weekend without Darnell Mooney against that hapless Packers defense. And Jelani Woods, what is he going to do against the Dallas Cowboys, if anything, this weekend, and much more? Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFOR. I am at Eric Balkman. You always check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com or at official on Twitter. Post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFR 2 If You want to connect with Scott Kobe, at tonight's guest. He is at Kobe one That's S-J-C-O-B-E-1 on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. Send them in now. We'll try to get to all of them, all the tweets, all the emails, and the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and of course our producer and audio engineer. Uh, sorry, my audio engineer and my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Hey, have you checked out the weekly challenge with the FFPC? If you have and you didn't win, or if you have and you did win, remember, new contest each and every week at myffpc.com. There is no draft. There is no salary cap in this. You just choose the 10 players you want if you want to play without kickers and defenses. You choose the 12 players you want if you want kickers and defenses and just ride them out. All you have to do is be in by Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time and you are in the contest. Only one player per NFL team. There are no stacks. There are no hookups. There are no any, uh, you know, any quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end tandems, one player per team. That's what makes it so maddening. And so much fun, more importantly, $35 to enter or $200 to enter. If you want to play in the uh, 30-team format, please do so. 100-team format, hey, that's a lot of fun. But in the 10-team format, if you beat the nine other teams in that contest, you will win. A free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can play for a million bucks as well. Uh, Programming reminder, in case you missed it, the uh, Rotovis High Stake Lowdown went live on Tuesday night with the fifth place team finisher in the FFPC main event regular season this season. Praveer Srivastava, a lot of good stuff from him talking about the FFPC playoffs and how he's trying to contend for a million-dollar grand prize in the main event. Check that out at, uh, beg your pardon, youtube.com slash Fantasy or rotaviz.com slash podcast. Remember, on this channel, to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. I want to bring in our co-host tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the guy I missed oh so much last week, and I want to wish him a belated happy Thanksgiving Farrell Elliott. Welcome in, Farrell. Happy belated Thanksgiving. I hope it was a good holiday for you.
1: Thank you very much. It was football, football, football. I felt sorry for you out there while you were sailing the aisles, uh, but you did it in very good company, and it looks like you had a marvelous time. I'm glad to have you back, and you're working on a new beard, obviously. It's coming along. uh, Yeah. Okay. Good for you, buddy.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. I I had to shave it off because... um, uh, i I just pick random times really to shave it off when it when it comes to it and uh now that it's off, it's growing back now and I'm sure by uh our Christmas episode coming up uh three weeks from today. Uh, it will be a Santa Clausian level uh, mm-hmm. beard coming up, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into fantasy football tonight, uh, okay. ladies and gentlemen. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. This is not the news you wanted to hear. If you're a Joe Mixon owner, he is still in the league's concussion protocol, according to Jeff Hobson on Twitter. Which is interesting because he's been practicing all week. But again, you know you can practice and still be in the concussion protocol. Uh, Mixon did not play in Week 12 against the Titans. And he would be active in, I think, a total of 50-plus in that Bengals-Chiefs game this week if he can clear protocol on Saturday. If he can't, you're looking at Samaje Ryan in the Bengals' backfield, uh, who was, I don't know, what he put up last week, Farrell, like 18, 19 Kentucky FFPC points, something like that. I know he had 21 touches for 93 total yards. I think he got in the end zone as well. So the question here is, if Mixon can't clear protocol, is Samaje Ryan a slam-dunk second running back, slam-dunk uh, flex for you? And if Mixon is cleared, do we just, you know, put all our faith in that, that he's going to play and get, you know, there's not going to be a snap count at all. Does P Ryan still become a flex, even though there could be some clarity here in this Bengals backfield, still kind of maddening for us as high stakes players.
1: Well, from a head injury, you don't have to snap count that because if a player can play, he can play. You know, if he clears the protocol, he can play. And so that's the good news from there. P Ryan, uh, For those that were wise enough to draft him in uh, a best ball or the never-too-earlies or uh, uh, who may have handcuffed uh, Mixon with P. Ryan, given the chance to play, he's a capable backup, as he proved last week. Uh, Fantasy drafters tried to replace him with with Chris Evans, last year i think there was some holdover about how cincinnati failed on fourth down and and p ryan was on the field it's very very capable ball player he's always averaged over four four and a half yards a carry uh since he's been in the league i think he's averaging 4.2 this year he does well with the opportunities he's given he's 240 pounds he's got a quick step and soft hands play him if uh mixing's down and you've got him or by some miracle that he's available on the waiver wire definitely get him in your lineup what about um,
0: – I mean, is there anything to be said for if Mixon's active? Th- does P. Ryan still enter the flex possibility? Or if you think Mixon is going to be active – um, he's gonna get the lions here that touches no, the Mixon
1: plays. If Mixon plays, Piran goes to the bench. Got
0: it. Okay. Uh, Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson mm-hmm. this week said Travis Etienne is quote good to go. Uh, this according to John Oser on Twitter who covers the Jaguars. Uh, yes. Etienne was practicing in a limited facility or capacity, beg your pardon all week after he hurt his foot in Baltimore. Remember, the Jaguars said that he was clear to return that game. However, Doug Peterson wanted to play it safe. This is a guy who already had a significant foot injury. They decided to keep him out for the remainder of the game, despite Etienne saying he wanted to go back in. Uh, He gets the Lions uh, defense this week, which is bad. The third highest EPA against the run this year. Peterson said Daryl Henderson is probably not going to be active against Detroit. If ETN is able to play, Jamichael Hasty, obviously you want to make sure you still keep him on your roster because I would imagine he would be the guy you'd want to start. If ETN's not going to go, I think he's going to go. The question is, Farrell. Again, same thing with Mixon. Are we concerned with a snap count with ETN? If you have him in your FFPC league playoffs, your Kentucky playoffs, your your football guys playoffs, do you just feel fully confident that if if ETN's active, you're going to play him and you're not going to be worried about a snap count?
1: Right, yeah. A partial in is better than anything else that they can bring, especially since Henderson is not available. I'm not a big uh, believer in hasty as a fantasy football player. You know, he's five foot eight, 200 pounds, and that puts him in the same weight class as Henderson. But sometimes when we're trying to separate players and, and you know, when we're thinking about the depth chart at Jacksonville – for the upcoming season, considering everything stays the same. You have to tip your hat to college scouting once in a while. Henderson was a third-round draft pick. Hasty, uh, an undrafted free agent. I'm glad to see him in the league, and he occasionally has explosive plays, but I don't believe that uh, Hasty is going to do anything for us. Fantasy football. And, you know, we got a head coach here that's got a variety of running back issues, Peterson. He never had that in Philly, did he? We always knew who to start when he was up there. But you know what? To hear – you start at the end.
0: a um, couple of questions uh, in, in the, uh, in the chat room tonight, we're going to start off with our man Broward Rivato. Uh He's got a flex question. Is it Darius Slayton? Is it Tyler Higby or Raheem Mostert? Again, this is tight end premium. He made his football guys playoffs in two of his four teams. Congratulations. We Good like to job. encourage that type of behavior, especially for viewers of the show, but this is interesting um, because, and we'll get into Higby a little bit later on in the show. But this is a guy who you would think with no Cooper Cup, no Allen Robinson, he would be collecting a ton of targets. That was not the case, my friend, last week. Uh, you have Darius Slayton, who I – and i, I got to look up his injury status here, but I don't believe he practiced today. I, I, I'm i going to have to verify that here.
1: And then okay. you have – go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I think Darius is sick. I think he's sick. I don't know. I don't think he's injured. Oh, I mean, is that what it
0: is? Okay. All right. I got it. Um, okay. So then you're looking at – um, let me look the last one up here. It was um, – Raheem Mostert, Farrell. And this is a guy, too, um, with Mostert. I believe he was cleared um, that that he is going to play this week, but he's still got Jeff Wilson there. Raheem Mostert, in fact, with that knee injury, not even listed on the final injury report. So let's break this in here. Um, You have Mostert sharing carries. You have a situation where um, Tyler Higby got skunked uh, last week, even though no cup. And obviously this week, no Robinson. And then you have Darius Slayton. If he can only pick one who's it going to be
1: mm, you know and and uh the bravado gets into the playoffs and, and he's his best question his best effort right here would be to concentrate on the running backs uh with Miami, even with the fact you're coming off 49ers throwing a, uh, a shutout last time that defense took the field, they're stout defense. But what Miami is successful with is down and distance. They're good on first down, and they creates opportunities for these running backs. They will both likely get an equal share of runs. Uh, don't expect big, big, long drives against the 49ers defense, but I, I believe the athleticism of both Wilson and Mostert playing against their old team with a head coach that knows that team through and through, there's a situation for some real big plays here. And I, I like, uh, I like Wilson and I like Mostert. I wouldn't play them both, but I'd play either one as my last flex on a team. Um, okay. And then the other one that Broward asked for here, um, in, uh,
0: his, uh, his football guys, players, championship playoffs. I have to scroll up and get it. Thanks for all the YouTube, um, Uh, chats tonight or comments tonight Raheem Mostert or Isaiah Pacheco who is going up against the Cincinnati Bengals you can only pick
1: one who's it going to be um if I have Pacheco and he's close to playing I'm probably so passionate about this player and I've been waiting for it all year that I'm going to play Pacheco that's the most difficult question he's got uh, if I have if if I want to play Mostert on one team, then Pacheco might get the nudge on the other. It's very very close. Mostert though uh, a great veteran player playing against the team that brought him into the league. I like the story. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I'm gonna
0: yeah. I, I you know the thing is like so I Farrell. I I know I've asked you this before, but just remind the the viewers. How much do you pay attention to totals and point spreads when you're looking at breaking ties in your starting lineups in, in FFPC? Well,
1: totals more than spreads. Cause we kind of figure out how the game's going to go. We don't need the, we don't need the spread and naturally an upset's an upset. And that's good. If you have players on the upsetting team, however, uh you know that, uh, for instance, the matchup with Detroit and Jacksonville this week, both teams can score and score frequently. So you're going to look at that and you're going to say, wow, I, you know, I'm just going to get all these guys that I can uh, into the lineup. You, it gives you pause because, you know, by the Miami defense and the San Francisco defense, two excellent offensive teams, questions in the backfield for the 49ers. Um it, it's you look at at certain games and you're going to pay closer attention to that totals. But, you know, at this point in the season, as, as Jason Kahn says, you're a ride or die kind of guy. And you're in, you're in the playoffs now in the FFPC, make it work and play your best players.
0: Um, We also had a question in the chat too. And, and maybe is, uh, is, this is something that, um, maybe begs further conversation, but to me, it's, it's open and shut. Lamar Jackson is not on the injury report. Uh, Brower Bravado is deciding between him and Mike White. Yeah, I know Mike White was awesome last week, but man, I can't sit Lamar Jackson at all.
1: No, um, you can't. Um, You have the magic of Lamar Jackson in the red zone and you have the magic of his ability to run his offense in the way that you pictured it being ran. And, Despite everything that we can say that we don't like fantasy-wise about Baltimore, Lamar Jackson isn't one of those. Now, it's been disappointing this year when compared to some of the other quarterbacks, and he hasn't had that prolific game but that prolific game is sitting right there in the waiting room anytime. Mike White just had his big chance this past weekend. And I I've been a big Mike White fan, and I've wondered why the Jets wouldn't give him a chance, but he's not going to have that game every week. Mike White's an interesting player, especially in the uh, especially in our dynasty leagues going forward. I think he's now proven that he deserves a spot in this league. Lamar Jackson is your man for uh, your fantasy football this weekend. Don't overthink it. Don't I know, you You know, here we are in the playoffs. You've got less teams to manage in the FFPC because, you know, not all your teams made the playoffs and you really want to make it count. So you start beginning to think about things like Mike White over Lamar Jackson. Do not do that. No, I I'm with you on that. Uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve
0: from the Ivy Tower just wants to know if uh, DeMarcus Robinson is a start this week as well. Um, he is not for me, especially in playoff week. I, I know, you know, the thing is, he's, he's been looking good with with getting more and more targets, you know, as I look at his game logs here. Um, last week was, was kind of an outlier, one for 17, but nine for 128, six for 64, two weeks before that. Um, I think you're playing with fire with DeMarcus Robinson this week. So for me, he's not a start. Obviously, desperate times call for desperate measures. But if you're still playing in fantasy football this late in the season, man, you got to be able to do better than Demarcus Robinson.
1: You you have to. And just because you're picking on him now, Balky, because he's a former Raider, I see what you're doing there. You're throwing that <laughs> out. It. And, and, and by the way, I, I don't know how to get a conversation. We're talking about we're talking about Samaje P Ryan, and, and Hasty on a week when uh, well, uh, Josh Jacobs proved that he is not only number one running back in the NFL, but uh, the number one uh, producer in uh, line of scrimmage yardage or yards from line of scrimmage. So that's just, I just want to throw those things out there about the Raiders. If we keep talking, we can get to Mac Hollins. What was the question? Oh, yes. Uh, Look, Lamar is overthrowing this player now. They seem to be on the same page. They're not on the same page anymore. And when Lamar hits him in the chest, guess what? DeMarcus hasn't been catching it. and That'll lead you to a 1-17. There's a reason why he's no longer a Raider. There's a reason why he was no longer a Chief. And if he's going to continue to be a big influence and hold his job in the NFL, he's going to have to start catching the few passes that are rationed out to him uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. But I tell you, man, he gets open. Uh, you could do worse. I, I would have to choose between uh, Demarcus and uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, perhaps uh, this weekend, and that's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a tough one with what you don't know about uh, Peoples Jones and Watson. But in 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 that case, and and the competition that they have on the field, I'm probably going to go Peoples Jones. So you know, all these decisions are difficult, but just I think what you've seen in the last few weeks, like our, our guy that asked us about Higby, uh, Mr. Bravado, uh, the, you know, you're compromised at quarterback and you're, you're terribly compromised at quarterback. He's Higby, no longer even in the, uh, no longer even in the consideration of the conversation. So yeah, sometimes the, the players around, uh, around you will, will get you there. You know? All right. right, you, a- you know, and if you, if you ever want to get on this show and you can't, Get on it. Do what I do in emergency situations, Balky. Just use your phone. says the agent's answer to everything: is use your phone. Yeah, it's you true. Mind, you know, just just use your phone. That's what you um, so we got a
0: um, we got a um, uh, question in on Facebook tonight from Steve Diaz. I'm assuming this is Damian Pierce and and not Alec Pierce. Um, oh, it's got to be
1: Alec Pierce, you know? No, I think, I think it's
0: I think it's got to be Damian Pierce. No, okay, okay. So It'd let's be. figure this out. So we'll do two Pierce's, Damian (laughs) Pierce, Alec Pierce, or Gus Edwards. Rank them, Farrell. For me, I'm going Damian Pierce, Gus Edwards, and then Alec Pierce.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Damian Pierce, Gus Edwards, and Alec Pierce, who runs routes to nowhere and looks good doing them. Someday he's going to be a player.
0: Uh, Indeed he is. Indeed he is. Um, I hope that helps out. Uh, By the way, uh, Kern loves uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones this week. I think I'm going to be forced to start him. In a Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship championship mm-hmm. game, which I'm not a fan of. I'm already behind the, the eight ball with, I, I think, Fozzie, um, actually. Uh, Jeremy Brock is, is ahead of uh, myself and the Dizzle sharing a team there. But we'll see what happens there. Long way to go. Um, we have Scott Kobe coming up in the green room. He's enjoying some uh, uh, lovely shrimp cocktail. I mm-hmm. have some scotch and soda in there for him. He will be here in a little bit. The last thing I want to mention here. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, slip of the tongue, maybe not the slip of the tongue. I'm not sure. Uh, He said that – I'm going to read the quote here from Jimmy Garoppolo this week about Jordan Mason. Mm -hmm. He makes it tough on – defense, and I'm going to highlight the relevant text with the voice inflection. He makes it tough on defenses, and I think those are body blows that wear on you in the fourth quarter. So it'll be interesting to see a full game with him. Interesting stuff from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Now Christian McCaffrey, who was dealing with knee pain last week, um, said he, quote, dodged a bullet. He's ready to go. I don't believe he's on the injury reports. Obviously, McCaffrey's the guy. But clearly, Farrell, we can glean some stuff from here. Number one, we know Elijah Mitchell's out for the year. Number two, we're knowing we're trying to figure out who the backup running back for the 49ers is going to be. And it certainly seems from this, it's, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. So you should be picking up Jordan Mason. All right, it should be Jordan Mason, not J- Jimmy Garoppolo. He'd be an awful backup running back. for the <laughs> um, So it should be Jordan Mason this week. I don't think I'm I'm flexing him out. I know the Niners like to, you know, they they were trying to split touches between Mitchell and McCaffrey. I can't start Mason this week, but yeah, man, I'm I'm trying to get him on all my rosters where he's still available.
1: I think that's a smart move. And let's watch and see what he does. You know, Jordan Mason missed a lot of his senior year at Georgia Tech and what's different about him And some of the backs that we've been talking about, he's six foot, two inches, just short of six foot, two inches, probably about 225 pounds in his early returns in working with the 49ers, another undrafted uh, running back, but in in earning the spot on the team and getting on the field, he has done well after contact. He gets yards after contact, which is very, very important for all running backs. But in this, in the the way that they're going to use him as a banger around the, uh, around the goal line, a red zone guy, a short yardage guy who can break something. And I think that's what Garoppolo is saying. After he just continues to bang into bodies on the defense, you get the defense is tired. This guy can break one. He is between a four or five and a four, six at the, uh, at the combine. I, I think what you've got in this player is a little bit more will than skill, but sometimes that's what you need. This guy's getting his opportunity and I don't think he's going to let it get uh I don't. I don't think he's going to let it uh, go by without him making the best of that opportunity because he sees the. He he can read the roster sheet too, and you know he's glad to be on the team, but he knows with the people that are on that team around him, these opportunities aren't going to come very often. So yeah, yeah, good player, good player, good player to uh, to take a stab at as we get here later into the year.
0: Um, in the famous words of the 20th century American poet, Marshall Mathers, AKA Eminem, you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow this opportunity only comes once in a lifetime, Jordan Mason. So make sure you are taking advantage of that. I got a guy who is going to come on the show right now who has taken advantage of his opportunities that he's had last year. He is uh, a six-time FFPC league winner. He was the runner-up last year in the 2021 FFPC Super Bracket Championship, and he's positioned multiple teams in the playoffs already in the FFPC main event this year. If you're smart, you're already following him on Twitter at Kobe one That's S-J-C-O-B-E-1. Please welcome into the program Mr. Scott Kobe. Welcome back to the program, Scott Kobe. Welcome in, Scott. Thanks, guys. How are you doing tonight? we're doing excellent we're we're thrilled that we got you on i i apologize I, again i've had multiple technical difficulties with streamyard this week but i'm glad we've once again beat technology we're having you on again and hey man ffpc main event playoffs are underway you got to be psyched with multiple teams in there man
3: i definitely am i wish i had gotten the third team in but you know i missed out by a little bit so two teams in there is a great great accomplishment for, for myself so yeah and
0: and like take take us through like the super bracket last year if I remember correctly you weren't necessarily one of the highest seeded teams um but you just had a, you had a romp through that just demolishing a lot of teams and then you came up just short in the championship game if I remember correctly
3: yeah it was a uh, it was a Mike Evans call between him and somebody else I forget right now but he'd been injured and Schefter that morning had said he wasn't sure how much he was going to play he was probably going to be limited snaps and then when i started looking around i'm like i don't know if i want to take the zero at mike evans if he only plays what 10 snaps or whatever so right. i benched him and he ended up getting a touchdown going for 13 points and that i lost by four so that card cost- it stinks yeah. it's
0: it's it's tough man and, and but that is fantasy and i'll tell you this at least this is the feather in your cap the, those sorts of things have a way of evening themselves out over the next, you know, over the course of time. So maybe this will be the year that it, it pays out for you and you end up making a, a big run to the top of the FF. I don't
1: think you can trust Shefter. I think you can trust Balky. That's how I would. No, I, no, trust Balky. No. I would not trust Shefter. you know, it, it, Schefter's got too much coming in on his telephone anyway. Text and re- the guy's got four telephones, he left two of them at Starbucks at the combine. People are walking around going, Where's Schefter? I got his phones, you know. So, I mean, it, it just you know, just listen to
0: Balky, yeah. That's I I appreciate it, Farrell. You're the man. I don't just know, how much it is. Balky, I don't even know how much Balky listens to Balky. It's a, it's a Take for a grain of salt. Um. All right. So let's get into to uh, some stuff that is really, and I I know the questions I sent you are they're heavy on the backfield, but I you know like you just pointed out, like stuff like Mike Evans, um, in, in week seventeen last year, it's it's razor thin on these decisions. And We got to figure this out, and yep. and I know you can help the uh, FFPC viewers uh, on this night. Michael Carter officially listed as doubtful. For the Jets this week, I can't imagine he's going to play. So, who is the running back to deploy? Who's the running back to roster? How have you been treating the Jets' backfield
3: situation, Scott? So it's going to—I think it's going to be a split where Ty Johnson gets the passing downs work, and and Bam Knight gets the running downs work. I think Sala basically pointed it out after the game Sunday. He said that they were, he he ran really hard, really well, and that he was going to have a role going forward for the rest of the year. So. If you believe in what Robert Sala says, it's going to be uh, Bam, Zonovan, Knight as the lead back for the Jets. And then Ty Johnson is going to sprinkle into the passing downs role.
0: If you could only start one of those guys, would you rather start the guy getting the volume in in Zonovan, Bam, Knight? Or would you rather start the pass
3: catcher in Ty Johnson? It's Zonovan, Bam, Knight. Because if he, he gets 19 to 22 carries, goes for 75 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and you leave him on your bench... I mean, you paid a hefty price to get him in waivers this week. A lot of people did, so you're gonna play him, especially if you miss like a James Conner or Deontay Foreman this week. So,
1: put your put your actions where you put your money. You know, it it uh, it, it's interesting. uh, Have you always pronounced it
3: Kobe? 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 It sounds both ways. It's usually Kobe. So, well, I'll switch it to Kobe
1: that's what yeah. i go by so. it's it typical but i mean it's a, historically it's it's a great name it's not only you know it's it, it's biblical it comes from you know uh, uh, it comes from jacob and it's it's al- also there there's a group in in uh astronomy a, 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 an area of wisdom and they call themselves cobes and it, it's fantastic it's, it's i great. will say this Farrell. i will point this out little known fact here um, it used
0: to be, there used to be a basketball player in the NBA. God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant. But he went by Kobe Bryant um, yeah. after he found out Scott Kobe, uh, Scott Kobe's uh, incredible ascent uh, through the high stakes fantasy football industry. He became
1: Kobe Bryant after that. He went by Kobe. Scott Listen, changed all that. Everybody, everyone tips their hat fantasy football success uh, including uh, in, including all professional athletes and definitely all NFL players and you know I watched the game last night with great interest and I, you will hear people talking about uh, is James Cook taking over the backfield in New England and I you know I'm using this great new analytical tool called the box score and last night I used it and I saw where they both got the same, amount of carries now cooks was featured more in the passing game, but I think if you look at Buffalo, what I love about this team is if a player has the hot hand, he gets the ball. We've seen it with, uh, it's with McKenzie. We're always going to see it with Diggs, but everyone else on the team, we've seen it with Dawson Knox from time to time. And we see it with the two running backs. It's fascinating to want to be in business with Buffalo bills, uh, do you see it my way or do you see one of these guys having the fantasy edge over the other? Because when I can get when when I can get into any bill in my lineup or on my 20-man roster, they're going in my lineup.
3: Absolutely no question. And and I think it's it's going to be a split here because I think James Cook is is producing at the right time for them yeah. which down the end of the season and getting ready for the playoffs and they traded for Naheem Hines because they had little confidence in James Cook and now all of a sudden he's taken off and ascended. So I, I believe it's going to be a 50-50 split between Cook's and uh, Cook and Singletary and Naheem Hines is just going to going to filter in a little bit so.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it- I
3: Terry Go ahead. got a lot of yards per carry five, over 5 yards per carry but Cook is the guy that's producing right now for them and taking the pressure off of Josh Allen so
0: now I I know in a vac this is going to depend upon how everybody's team looks, but in a vacuum, Singletary, Cook, Heinz, are any of these guys flexible right now for you? Given that you know you do believe that it's going to be a split.
3: Cook on like next week is is the bipocalypse apocalypse too,
0: mm-hmm. so I,
3: Cook is is going to be in a lot of lineups, you know, as as a flex, mm-hmm. you know, especially in championship week because everybody remembers what Cook. Did on thursday night singletary had a decent game as well but i think cook is the guy to own right now in
1: that. interesting well I, I like them both and i use so i'm not i'm just going to say whoever has that hot hand is yeah. going to going to rise in the game and it could be either one of them but i cook has cooked you know used to be rookies uh would hit the wall this time of the year you would get less from them it seems like this year we're getting more. And I compliment the coaches is how they're bringing them into the system. You know, it, it's it's impressive. Absolutely. Um, You know, speaking
0: of, you know, somebody taking over the number one position uh, for a team, we have a situation in Jacksonville, Scott, that we should talk about here. Um, Zay Jones, 19 catches in the last two weeks. Now, if we look at Christian Kirk, he only had four for 46 this past week. But he had 17 catches combined in weeks nine and ten. Jaguars obviously off on the bye in week 11. Yep. Are both these guys startable? Is Zay Jones taking over? What was it just an aberration that you could
3: still feel good about starting Christian Kirk? What do you do with these two wide receivers? Both guys are startable in my mind. I mean, they got Detroit this week, so I think both guys are going to feast. You know, and and that's great in a semifinal playoff matchup. So I, I would flex Zay Jones, and I would start Christian Kirk as my wide receiver too. I think. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a day on Sunday against Detroit. And, that, and that's going to be huge for fantasy owners who, you know, look at their bench and see, you know, some guys on by, some guys underperforming. Right now, you got to play the guys that are performing for you. And Zay Jones is definitely performing for you.
0: You know, one of, what, one of the other fantasy shows I do I, uh, was, was on the air yesterday, and we were talking about sleepers of the week, studs of the week, so on and so forth. And my stud of the week was Christian Kirk, because I'm with you, Scott. I think he's going to blow up in that Detroit game. One of my co-hosts, his sleeper, was Zay Jones. And I also said my sleeper of the week was Trevor Lawrence. I think even in a week where it it's a it, – again, it's a playoff week in the FFPC yeah. and the KFFSC, but, man, I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence is not a bad start, even in one quarterback leagues. I like him quite a bit this week. Uh, the Jaguars and the Lions, that game kicks off at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Right now the Lions are a one point favorite, but the total's fifty-one and a half. That is just what you want to see. If you have any Jaguars, if you have any Lions in that, uh for sure. And speaking of the Lions, Farrell has a
1: question about the back. Yeah, before I get to the Lions, uh were you aware? That Josh Jacobs is one of the number one running backs in all of NFL and leading in yards per scrimmage and, and of all players, and I just wanted to make sure that you who's were, he
0: playing for next year, Farrell? I, I don't know,
1: but right now he's playing for the Ascendant uh, Las, uh, Vegas Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Raiders. I just wanted, and it, it's really not a, a Raider question, but I just, I just loved walking around Planet Hollywood and seeing that Josh Jacobs was dropping to a. Uh, a seventh round draft pick. And I could have doubled him up with Jamal Williams and how I wish I did because I wasn't absolutely aware that Jamal Williams is plus 700 yards. And I think if he is not the leader, he's damn well close, the leader in rushing touchdowns in the NFL. And I think that's what we want for our Jacksonville players, who I mightily agree with you guys, and, and Balky is – Balky is a uh, fan in the flames for Trevor Lawrence. And I will say, yeah, it's about time. And I, uh, you know, I'm just praying that that Detroit can score the ball. And Jamal Williams is, is the guy that's been scoring it. And someone so well, someone called me about week six or seven and said, who should I start, this player or Jamal Williams? And, you know, when you don't own a player, sometimes you're not as hip to everything that he's doing. And uh, I had to think about it a minute. Unfortunately, I went to Jamal Williams. Jamal is every week start. Is that right, my friend? And Absolutely. how do you balance that with Swift? As now we understand that Swift's getting healthy. So he's off
3: the injury report, but I have no trust in Swift at all. None at all. I've drafted Jamal Williams all over the place. My home leagues, FFPC, every place that I could draft him, I drafted him because I, I could see a scenario where Jamal Williams was going to take over that backfield and was going to was going to outperform DeAndre Swift because DeAndre Swift gets hurt every year. So
1: right. I have
3: great. a little bit. Of, I have a little bit of trust in DeAndre Swift, but I have a, a, a boatload of trust in Jamal Williams because he gets the ball down at the ten-yard line. So, he are you
1: genuinely a trusting fellow?
3: I usually am. I, usually... I hear you talking
1: about playing fantasy football a lot of different places. You did not mention the KFFSC. Can, where are you from with this pleasing accent of yours? Boston. I love it. You know, could you find Kentucky on a map? It's like... We got something to talk to you about then, my friend. So we we got to have you down here. We need somebody from Boston playing here in the
3: KFFSC. I know my – but the guy that got me into the high stakes, one of the guys, he plays KFC and he raves about it. He loves it. So oh, yeah. who is it? Anthony Benuti. Oh we
0: love Oh yeah. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. Um so, so a little bit of uh NFL running back trivia this week, uh this year, guys. Number one, Farrell, I don't know if you know this, but Mark Davis earlier this week put in a trademark uh request with the United States government for the um phrase not sin city, win city which Ooh, will be like a Raiders that. tagline going forward if the patent office has anything to say about
1: it. You know the um, difference between Mark and his father? What's that? Al wouldn't have asked for permission. Yeah, he, just he, he just would have done it. just does it. Yep. Catch up with that stuff later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, tied in the NFL right now for fourth place in rushing touchdowns is uh, Farrell's Josh Jacobs and the rookie, KW three. That's Kenneth Walker. They both have nine in third place. It's Derrick Henry with ten. Second place. Nick Chubb has 12 and a guy in first place leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. His previous career or uh, his previous season high in his career was four back in 2017. Shout out to Jamal Williams, who is leading the NFL with 13 rushing touchdowns. This sweet. Year, guys, it is. 13 rushing touchdowns. Absolutely insane. Good for him. Um, I, I want to flip this. Now, Scott, are you a – being in Boston, are you a Patriots fan? I'm not a Bill Belichick fan, but I
1: am okay. a Patriots fan. All right.
0: I guess the, this is a good question. If it, The question should be, are you a Matt Patricia fan? Because last night we saw Mac Jones, and we all saw the tweet today, um, where he had some choice words for Matt Patricia. And yep. Who knew that having a, a guy, a defensive coordinator, a guy with a defensive background calling offensive plays, who knew it wouldn't turn out well? I never saw that coming. But he had some choice words on the sideline for Matt Patricia. Kendrick Bourne actually called out the coaching staff as well um, about the play calling. And, and, and I got to wonder, um, this could make one of two things, right? This could be a squeaky wheel gets the grease. Maybe we see Mac Jones bombing the ball down the field more, the Jacoby Myers and and um, and uh, Hunter Henry and um, Kendrick Bourne next week. Or maybe this is massive concern where – Jacoby Myers is a low end flex and Ramondre Stevenson is a running back. And that's all you want to mess around with the Patriots players. How are you viewing the situation?
3: That's all I want to mess around with. Kendrick Bourne's been in the doghouse since since training camp. And I don't know why. And I, I I think it was I heard rumor that he was late to to a meeting. And that's a Bill Belichick special. If you're late to a meeting, you go right in the doghouse. So yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, and Jacoby Myers to a lesser extent are it for me. Mac Jones has just regressed because of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So those are the two guys that I, I would stake my my uh fantasy playoff life to.
2: Um
0: we have a question from oh wait a minute, hold on. This might not be a starter sit. I, I beg your pardon. I think I'm I I misspoke. So Dave the Dizzle Gurzak. Now, Scott, you play Dynasty, so this is good. Yes. Dynasty Superflex. Would, would you rather – which side of the trade would you have? Would you rather have Russell Wilson or would you rather have Geno Smith, Dynasty Superflex? Geno Smith. Gino See, Smith. now I answered Geno right away too, and I thought it was a starter sit this week, which, you know, to me it's Geno, no question. Absolutely. But now for a Dynasty thing, I think I'd still say Geno Smith. Farrell, is that how you would fall in on it as well?
1: Oh, hell yes, Geno Smith. And I, I don't have any other commentary because – Hudson Kern Reeve is putting commentary here, and he's using words that I don't recognize. I hate when he does this. So I can look it up, <laughs> yeah, where I see what he's talking about. But yeah, it's Geno Smith, guys. I believe that um, I believe that it may be closer to over for Rust than any Ooh. of us imagine. Yeah, certainly not. Not that the Denver Broncos imagine, because yeah. they're
0: going to be paying that piper for a while uh, as well. Just really, uh, you know. And and I brought this. We don't need to rehash it. We got we got other questions. To ask it. Fer wants to ask about Jamar Chase here in a little bit. But I, I, I will say this: like these are the tales as high stakes players that we look at. Um, how did we miss out on this Denver Broncos offense? How did we screw this up? How did we? How did we think that Russell Wilson was? Was going to inject life in this and make Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy super relevant. Get a good tight end out of it. Um, obviously, the Devontae Williams injury didn't happen, but this is something that we will explore all offseason, trying to figure out we, you know, how to not make that same mistake again. And and just it's certainly, dope. certainly depressing. However, anybody who drafted Bengals this year, Farrell is singing. <laughs>
1: you know, and, and we were talking about Travis at the end. I think this is a quick question. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you we're going to start at the end because uh, we think whatever we can get from it would be better than a lot of other running backs available across the league. I, I, I wonder if guys I, that this this concept of uh, adopted from baseball pitch count or snap count yeah. is even legitimate in a player like uh, Jamar Chase, because once he gets on the field, If he's producing, he's not going to come off the field. Competitors like this, you can't get them off the field. So I think this is – my question is really a non-question. Chase plays. Chase is in your lineup.
3: 100%. 100%, 100%. Because the guy could – Burrow could throw two passes to him and he could get 95 yards and two touchdowns. And it's
1: just like your Mike Evans example from last year when you were listening to Old Boy when we should have been listening to Bucky. 100%, yes.
3: 100%, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So but That okay. goes. If the Bengals are playing Jamar Chase. He starts with my fantasy team. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, and that's the adage that I go by. So,
0: yes, sir. All right. Let me throw this at you. I brought this up with Matt Ward from Broto Fantasy on the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on Wednesday. We we're talking about Jamar Chase. Yep. What if you're in this situation? What if you have Jamar Chase, but you also have. T. Higgins, Christian Kirk, Devonte Adams, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, and you also have at running back Josh Jacobs, um, James oh, James Conner's on by Jamal I Williams. So okay, yeah, I don't have Jamal Williams. So no, this is this is a KFFSC team where I have really good receivers on it. So I guess yeah. at that point you're still playing Chase, right? You're playing you're playing Chase over Cortland Sutton. You're playing Chase over uh Juju Smith Schuster. Oh. And would you play Chase over Christian Kirk? No.
1: Yeah.
0: No. Uh it's
1: tough.
3: But that one's it's close tough. at least. I okay. Think, I think Kirk's gonna have a huge day against Detroit. So that's oh. tough.
0: Okay. Well, either way, then I'm still sitting uh Smith Schuster and Sutton. That's yes. over Chase. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then forget it. I screwed up. It was not, it was I don't know game. about
1: you, Mr. Cole, but if I had a roster like that, I'd be embarrassed to. You know, I would just, I would just not want people to know I had that kind of luck going.
0: It's, it's no, this is a dynasty team. So this is. Oh, this has been Uh, blood, sweat, and tears, Farrell. I see it's been built
1: with care. Right, yes,
0: a lot of love, built with a lot of love, tender, tender (laughs) care, some sugar, spice, nutmeg on that one. It's, it's, it's a fine souffle right now.
3: It is a souffle. Yeah, that's a great team. A lot of trades happened, I think.
0: Um, (laughs) it did. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, so Najee Harris. Now I didn't see the practice report today, Scott, but he said he's ready to go. He's going to play right now. If you have, so now here's the other thing: is like I have another couple other leagues in Kentucky where I've actually been benching Harris because he's just been so bad this year. Is there something to be said for Jalen Warren as a flex this week, or if is it is it a situation where if Harris is active, you can't really afford to pay, play Jalen Warren at a flex this week?
3: You can't really afford to play Jalen Warren. Because what if Najee plays the whole game? I mean, these backfield situations are so tenuous right now. I mean, you paid all this money to get Jalen Warren. You paid all this money to get uh, the San Francisco running backs. You paid all this money to get Zonovan Knight, Ty Johnson. I I wouldn't play Warren. I I would be too afraid in a playoff atmosphere, semifinal atmosphere, that he's going to come up well short of what you hope he's going to come up with. So I, I probably would not even play Jalen Warren.
0: How do you feel about Najee Harris this week then, Scott? Very,
1: very tenuous on him, too. <laughs> you guys aren't even talking about Benny Snell. Yeah. Okay, well, James throw Snow. Benny Snell in that, too. Yeah, he's, he's another Kentuckian.
3: Yeah. I, I would try to avoid it if I could. I really would. I Because Najee plays, he could go out in the first quarter like Josh Jacobs with his cap. Right. Uh, Jalen Warren, you put in your lineup, and you got to hope Najee doesn't play a lot. Benny Snell, you put in your lineup, you got to hope Najee <laughs> don't play a lot. So I, you got to avoid it. You're watching the game with one eye. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Because in the semifinal matchup, you're going, this guy has got tw- is up by 20 points, and I got to hope Jalen Warren gets like 15 and somebody else gets like 10. It's hard. It's hard. I would avoid it. I just hmm. would
0: um, we got a question from uh, YouTube here. The uh, professor, Prof. Uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve, wants to know, is Christian Watson still a WR2 this week? WR2 to me means top 25 receiver. And I don't know about you guys, but I've always believed touchdowns are fluky. And and I'm not – by the way, I'm not making this up. So, obviously, we all know that Christian Watson um, had missed a lot of the season, right? He had the concussion. He had the soft tissue injury. He had the knee scope in the off- – uh, tr- after training camp. So if you, now this is, I know a stupid exercise, but it's still fun to bring up with Christian Watson, what he's done so far this year in his limited time, um, he is on pace for extrapolated out to a 17 game schedule, 68 catches. Okay. Solid. Whatever. 1500 plus yards. That's awesome. And 34 receiving touchdowns, 34 (laughs) touchdowns. For Christian Watson this year, that's what he's on pace for. Now, I have not like I know like like I said, touchdowns are fluky for me, so mm-hmm. I have not been the I only own him in a couple of leagues, um, yeah. and I haven't been playing him because again, I have some decent receivers in that, but but you know the thing is like you know you look at that play last week against the Eagles where he catches that crossing pattern, takes it to the house, he just has immaculate speed. I I can't predict something like that. Um, I would be fine starting him as my third receiver this week. But I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, and 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 that's sort of where I'm at on Christian Watson. Scott, do you have any thoughts on on Christian Watson against the Bears this week?
3: He's a wide receiver three or flex because it's the Chicago Bears. You see what the Jets and Mike White did to them last week, right?
1: Yep. Thank Christian you.
3: Watson's going to do is going to is going to be phenomenal. I think he's going to probably get another touchdown. Probably going to get about eighty yards on, on five or six catches. So, yeah, he's in my lineup if I have him. He's in my lineup. No, well, Eddie What about
1: the quarterback position at Green Bay? Who's going to play quarterback this week? Yeah, it's going to be Rodgers
3: this week. Roger, and, yeah. yeah, it's going to be okay. Rodgers. And, not and eliminated yet, so it's going to be Rodgers. I think after the bye, that could be a different story.
0: I, oh. You know, Rodgers has said publicly numerous times this year, he reiterated it uh, this past week, that um, he wants to play until they're mathematically eliminated. And then he said this week, when that happens, he's going to accept it or he's going to not accept it. You know, this is the Rogers word games we always play. He is going to look at it with an open not a mind without bitterness or resentment. Okay. Mm-hmm. That okay. could mean a lot of things. But okay. my feeling is the Packers have a 3% chance of making the playoffs at this point. Uh, the teams that they need uh, to lose the rest of the way play each other. Absolutely. So this, it's not, you know, it's just it's not working out that way. You know, like um, even ties don't help them. Um, so my feeling is the Packers are probably going to be mathematically eliminated. Maybe not this week, but next week. So when they come back after their week uh, 14 bye, it's probably going to be the Jordan Love Show, and it probably should be the Jordan Love Show. Um, I, I want to, uh, to get here on uh, another uh, Jets question here. I think this is from Broward Bravado. Yeah, he wants to know, and, and guys, I don't really have anything glowing to say here. He wants to know what's the feeling on Elijah Moore. I think he had two catches last week. One was a pretty big one. Um and, and he looked good on it, but I don't feel confident starting him,
3: Scott. Do you? No, not at all. I mean, yeah, he had two catches last week. Yeah, he had some yardage, but until I see him consistently do it, I can't put him in my lineup. I just do it. Bruce,
1: Bravado just wanted to ask a guy from Boston about a jet, you know, because you're playing here. Bravado, <laughs> you're playing here. You got here without us. You really don't need us to help you figure that one out. Although although I needed it, I I started more twice this year and got zero from him each time. You know, yeah. so finally released him because I I didn't want to be tempted. Bravado, That's the answer. You should release him. There's one more week of free agency too, actually. So go ahead, go ahead and release. Then we yeah. just
0: need that. We need the Jets to release him then too, and then it'd be fun.
3: How many? Sure. We'll how
1: take. many uh, dynasty teams you play at FFPC? <sighs>
3: I have like eight, I believe. That's a good
1: number. I, yeah. I I went from zero to one, from one to three, and I'm probably going to eight this year. You know, yeah. I will try to yeah. come to you on that. When when Balky and I were talking early summer, we couldn't get by the fact that we didn't want to explore the second wide receiver position with Baltimore. And we liked we liked Duvernay. We liked Porsche. Is it Porsche? Is it Porsche? It's James, James, South Carolina, right? So yep. we, we, we like those players. And, and then we felt real smart, uh, because we gave it out. Nobody, nobody listened you know, but they, we did give it out. And, uh, Duvernay, two touchdowns in week one. And we think we are on our way. Yep. Now we're dealing with the player. He had one, he had one outlier game where he had seven targets, uh, if you, if you take targets, and is always teasing me about talking about targets, so I'll talk about them tonight. Because there's no catches to talk about, so let's just talk right. about targets. <laughs> uh, he's he's averaging three targets a game. Yeah. Now, help me out, because Dynasty, I'm, I tend to want to hang on to players too long. You're still hanging on to Duvernay. What do you see in this player? Uh that keeps him on your roster when I know you, I can tell by talking to you, you have depth, you have understanding of the depth charts in the league and, and and maybe there's other guys to tempt you with that roster spot.
3: I see a talented receiver with upside and usually my last receiver spot, and he's my last receiver spot is geared toward in dynasty, especially not in redraft, but dynasty is geared to a talented upside guys who could perform in the future Lamar has been not great the last few weeks so that's been kind of tempered so my temptation to drop him has become more and more and to look for somebody else in that instance but for right now I'm keeping him and I'm hoping that Lamar gets on track here and Duvernay down the stretch has a a decent showing I'm not looking to start him every week I'm just looking for the upside that if I need something, it's there, and I can just plug them in.
1: That's sound logic, sir. I yeah. appreciate that.
3: Yeah, so that, that's why in my dynasties, that's my philosophy. Last receiver spot or last running back spot. I like that. Like Beer White would be a guy that, that I'm going to oh, yeah. take at closely more and more uh, because who knows what happens with Josh Jacobs. He should be in Vegas next year, but you never know. You
0: right. never know. Yeah, that that's the thing too. Is um, I I had Zamir White on a lot of my because I waited. You know, I, you know, you always draft these you know high upside running backs in in the mid rounds or whatever. And yeah. I don't know what it was, probably about five or six weeks ago, I cut Zamir White off of all my redraft leagues. But yeah. I still, the dynasty leagues, I'm I still hanging on to him there just. Again, until we see what happens with with the Raiders and what they're going to do with Jacobs, and quite frankly, what they could do in free agency or the draft. I mean, maybe Zemir White's values neutered after that, but he's worth hanging on to right now. If they're going
1: to make that that win-city payoff, they better hang on to Jacobs. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. The the
0: free agent chase for Josh Jacobs in a league that has shown that unless you are the elite of the elite, you are not getting a massive contract. Coupled with Jacobs' performance this season, it is going to be so – and, I, you know, I know it's his livelihood and everything, but it's going to be so entertaining for us to watch this, to see what happens, how NFL teams treat him, and the bidding war that may or may not happen with Josh Jacobs this offseason. He Before can't can, catch passes. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. It's like um, I was talking – 50 with, catches
1: later, you know. He can't right, catch but, but here's
0: the thing. So I was talking with Prever Shrivastava on the road of his high-stakes lowdown on Tuesday about this. He's in fifth place in the FFPC main event regular season. And I looked at his roster, Nick Chubb in the fourth round, Josh Jacobs in the eighth round. And I said, look, man, like I, I know a lot, of, uh, a lot of players devalue Chubb and Jacobs because they are not historically known as pass catchers. But at some point, he's like, he interrupted me. He's like, yeah, I know. And, and when I, I J- Josh Jacobs was never the plan in the eighth round. Nick Chubb was never the plan in the fourth round because I thought they'd be gone by then. Took, it, took him, even though he wasn't in love with them. And now you look at Chubb, I just mentioned it second in the NFL in touchdowns. Josh Jacobs absolutely crushing it this year. They look awesome. His team is awesome
1: and positioned to win a million bucks too. So. Well, yeah, and then he discovered the box score, which will help you, that analytical The, the, the original that's analytics, that's OG
0: that. analytics, the box score. Back that's to enough. that. Um, uh, Scott, e- email here from Allen, Piscataway, New Jersey. Is there any upside to Chase Claypool? with Darnell Mooney out against Green Bay on Sunday afternoon. Thanks, Scott. That is Alan Piscataway. Thank you for the email. Thanks for watching. We certainly appreciate it. Um, Chase Claypool was taken off the injury report today, as was Justin Fields. So those guys should be playing against the Packers on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, and a total on that I think went up a little bit. Yeah, it's up to 44 and a half right now. Is there any upside with Chase Claypool? Would you be looking to play him as, as a second flex and football guys in the main event this week?
3: Not at all. Not at all. Justin Fields loves Equiminius, St. Brown, Velas Jones, Byron Pringle. Uh, Montgomery gets some catches sometimes. So Claypool is in that. And Cole Komet, too, is another guy that gets a lot of catch, uh, targets. So I can't so, Not Claypool. Not, so,
0: no. so, Scott, I happen to agree with you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. <laughs> the Bears gave up a second-round pick to get Chase Claypool on this roster. Is there something to be said for Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator there, to be scheming Claypool into this offense given the draft capital they gave up? Or is are you still just
3: like, look, Falky, forget it. You're barking up the wrong tree. I'm not going to endorse Claypool here. You're barking up the wrong tree. I'm not endorsing him. <laughs> if you traded all that capital, you, you got to give this guy a shot. He's got to be a number one. You got to target him at least and see what he can do. You're not going to playoffs. You're not going anywhere. Let's see what he can do down the stretch here. And if he performs... You have your number two wide receiver
1: next year. Yeah, so. I think uh, I think Claypool is a wonderful player. But now that we and everybody knows, and I don't have to go into that, but you know, I, my my father had a great expression about guys. He would say that guy couldn't stand prosperity. And you know, so here you are in the FFPC playoffs, and you say, you know what? I got a great team here, but what about Claypool? He's what Chicago's got. Let me see how I can. Me-. No, don't mess this up with starting Claypool. Right. Let's just don't do that this weekend. He didn't get you here. So let's find somebody else that's going to keep you here. It's not Claypool. And it, it hurts me so, so much to say that. It will, it will hurt you to climb into your head and find us what we all want, is that sleeper player. Because you can see the questions. Everybody's looking for a sleeper. Everybody still wants in this championship week, a sleeper to put in the lineup, right. and then I want I want you to tell us who that guy is that's going to crash and burn. That that stud player, perhaps, or that player you've been counting on that you won't start this weekend. We've talked about a lot of players, so you can't use any of those Jacksonville guys as your sleeper.
3: I'll give you two. Okay, Al- Alvin Kamara of the Saints.
1: Hey, what is he? Is he the, he's the season the stud that's going to crash and burn?
3: Well, that's one. Here's another one: Mike Evans. A lot of people. Ah. Evans in your lineup. Marshawn Lattimore is back this week. Um, it's the no go for me. And if Evans
1: I'm, is coming off that big 5.0 performance last week. Though.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. We'll point that out to you. Well with them. If I have another receiver on my bench that that I think is going to perform, a la Zay Jones. I'm putting him in over Mike Evans this week. I'm just doing it. And uh, you know, another guy that could crash and burn is Johnson Taylor. That's another. Yeah. Dallas. He's
0: been doing that. I don't know. It, he's pretty much ashes at this point. Yeah. But how he, many times he's crashed started, and burned this year.
3: Started to, to ascend a little bit, but against Dallas this week, I think game flow and game game uh, play is going to dictate. Taylor might yeah. Get I, can,
1: I can go with that. Um, um,
0: just as I, I thought, maybe, did I have an email on this? Maybe I, yeah, I do have an email. As long as we're talking about Dallas and Indy, uh, Chris in Plano, Texas, um, Scott Is Jelani Woods a must-play this week against Dallas? Now, Jelani Woods did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He did get in a limited practice this week, but he's coming off that big game against Pittsburgh, and it's tight end premium here. Um, Knowing that um, he was an uber-talented guy, still is an uber-talented guy, was highly thought of by a lot of people in the industry um, in the pre-draft process. Jelani Woods against the Cowboys this week in a tight end premium league. Do you have to find a way to get him in your lineup?
3: Not at all. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't if you're uh, if you're risking your playoff life on Jelani Woods, good luck. I want to play the, <laughs> I play the guy in the lineup because I think he went off earlier this year for a big game, and then yeah. no, nobody heard from him until last week. So I can't play him. I just can't do it. It's, um,
1: it's a situation where you would have to be injured, compromised. Quarterback isn't available. Yep, your guys, and then he's the best of what's left. Yeah, but yeah. but how do you uh, how do you understand what Matt Ryan is trying to do other than to find somebody who has separation from a defender? I just cannot can't count on it. Right. It,
0: it, it sounds like guys. Um, he's not only not a plan A or B for you. This is more like a plan W or X. It seems mm. like. Mm.
3: Yeah, it is for me because in the tight end premium leagues, you know, I, I was went after the big time. My backup tight end in, in some of those leagues is Austin Hooper, and I would feel more comfortable playing Austin Hooper. All
1: right, there were some disparaging comments in in the chat room regarding this talented uh, Chase Claypool. I'm just I'm just shocked at the at the veracity of uh, what what's going on there. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to say, that. speaking of comments in the uh, in the YouTube chat, I want to apologize to Shahira Woods, the mother of Jelani Woods, because nobody said anything good about your boy tonight. And I, I did. Really I, I, besides I Farrell. Like okay. So so for sure, Shahira Woods will be sending a Christmas card to one Farrell Elliott uh, this year for sure. And uh, maybe you'll be sending a Christmas card to the FFPC, Scott Cove, when you – are cashing a million-dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event this year. Time will tell. You certainly have positioned two of your teams to do it. Uh, congratulations on all your success so far. Thank you for joining us on the show tonight. We will all continue to follow you on Twitter at sjcobe one That's S-J-C-O-B-E-1. Thank you so much, man. We will do this again soon, I promise you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good night.
3: You thank got you, it. Man.
0: Scott Cove, ladies and gentlemen, the Scott time Cove. FFPC league champ, Got a couple of teams in the uh, FFPC main event playoffs that he will be looking to position near the top of the leaderboard going forward. Okay. We are over time, but I do do want to get to these questions. We'll kind of go rapid. Uh, I mean, we never do rapid fire. It's not really our way. Uh, Farrell, you are good at talking and I love hearing <laughs> myself talk. So let, let's face it. This is not going to be rapid fire. Ken, All right. Ken in Southfield, Michigan. Do I roll with a sick Traylon Burks against the Eagles over Adam Thielen hosting a tough jets defense? Now, I believe he is meaning the traditional uh, uh, connotation of the word sick, not the ones the kids are using nowadays. uh, Because I do believe Traylon Burks is battling an illness right now. Would you start him over, Adam Thielen, this week, Farrell?
1: Traylon's been having all kinds of illness issues since he got there, but he looks better. And what does better mean? He's got 10, 11 catches over the last two games. In other words, he's an ordinary NFL wide receiver. By the way, it's – it's it's Farrell and Woods, 32, Dave Turp and Burks, 24, in our contest. <laughs> I know all the listeners want to know that. Hell no, you're not going to put Thielen uh, on the uh, on the bench. Uh, uh, Thielen will know how to get open against these New York Jets, and he probably won't be doing it against Sauce Gardner, who will be deployed elsewhere. Thielen is your man. He'll just... You know, when Kirk Cousin can't get the ball to uh, Jefferson, he'll look over there and Thielen will be settled in the middle of the field, settled on the sidelines, just waiting for the ball. He'll catch it and step out of bounds. And then at the end of the game, you'll have seven for 70 and maybe a score and a fantasy football win. And Burks will have another tremendous game of five catches and 50 yards.
0: Yeah, I thought I, I was saying eight for eighty-six for Thielen and a touchdown there, and and I think you hit the nail on the head with Sauce Gardner. Yeah, they're still going to force the ball over to Justin Jefferson, but Adam Thielen is going to going to reap the rewards of not having Sauce Gardner on him. So I'm going to play him over Burks this week. I was never never still not a huge on Burks fan. Uh, perhaps I'm wrong in that, but I'm definitely playing. I'm Thielen a Dave Turf Burks, fan. I know you're. <laughs> congratulations! Are, hey, are hey congratulations to Dave Turf too. Yes. By the way, welcoming in. Uh baby girl Stacy, uh, I think was right before uh Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly. So congratulations to Turp and Mrs. Turp on that. That's awesome to see. Dennis in Sacramento, what's going on with Tyler Higby? Should I bench him in favor of the tight end he's playing against this week? And Noah Fant. That is Dennis in Sacramento. Farrell, you're a smarter guy than me. How does Cooper Cup go out? How does Allen Robinson um miss and, and or at least go out of the game early? And Tyler Higby is com- a complete non-factor for the Rams. No, Matthew Stafford this week. John Wolford's in there as well.
1: Yeah, John will never get through the the, the progressions to get to Tyler Higby. Is, is the Rams record what is it? Did you do you know what the Rams oh, it's record? it's super bad. It's super it's just bad. Awful, and it it's. Uh, you know, Tyler Iggby is a 29-year-old tight end who does well when he when targeted with a veteran quarterback who knows how to deliver him the ball. We don't have that this weekend. Uh the the other tight end was no offense. Yes. No, no offense, an easy choice here because he's in an offense which features three tight ends at about 35% of the time. He's the most athletic of the group. He'll get free. He'll catch the ball. He has a, a his ceiling is not that high because all those guys are getting open and all of them are getting balls. A great position for the Seahawks. Short answer is Noah Fant, three to four catches, maybe some breakaway yardage because he can run with when he gets the ball and uh, perhaps a touchdown, although it seems like Disley and the other guy, I think it's Parkinson, seem to get a lot of uh, targets in the red zone. But, yeah, Fant over Higby here all day long.
0: I you know, I, I'm gonna agree with you, but I'm also gonna say I hate both these guys this week. Um, the Seahawks are seven point favorites in a total with 40 and a half, and obviously there's Metcalf there, there's Lockett. There's not a lot to like about the offenses this week. I think Kenneth Walker is in for a good game, but outside of that, man, I'm 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 trying to look elsewhere. If you're in this situation, yeah, it's fant, but my god, try to look for somebody else. I don't know. Uh, okay, that's fine. Daryl and Tulsa. What's up, party people? No Kyler Murray for me this week, and I picked up Mike White. Is he a better start against the Vikings than Jimmy Garoppolo is at Ooh. home against the Finns? Thanks so much. That's Daryl in Tulsa. Yeah. Mike white. Uh, that was, that game is in New York, right? Am I reading that wrong against the Vikings? I don't. No, it's in Minnesota. Yeah, it's it in Minnesota. Okay. So I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm going to start Jimmy Garoppolo um, with all those weapons at home uh, against the dolphins. It's like, I think the dizzle was saying this in, in the, uh, in the chat, the quarterback that gets to sleep in his own bed the night before the game already has a leg up on the competition. So I'm going to say Garoppolo over Mike, Mike White this week.
1: Um, I'm going to counter with the possibility that you should consider white. If you believe the Viking defense is going to give him what's underneath and, and because he can take advantage of it and he can stack up those yards. And Garoppolo uh, relies on uh, run after catch uh, from those strong wide receivers to get the ball in the end zone. Seems like he targets number 15 more as a receiver in the red zone than anyone else. I I think it's close. It's it's overthinking it. It's trying to be too cute. What are you doing in the playoffs with Garoppolo and White anyway? I don't know. But nevertheless, uh yeah, it, it it's a lot closer than you think it is, but I would probably call Garoppolo and and and, and make that call and say that's my guy. This but is why man, you, White's interesting this week,
0: th- interesting. and this is why you always plan ahead, right? I mean, like I'm assuming this dude had Murray. I'm assuming he picked up Garoppolo to pick, you know, when when Murray was hurting. But you got to have somebody else better. And I get and I and I said this too. Like this is something I learned. Not that I want to get into it here, as we're seven minutes overtime. But this is something I said that I learned this year that. Um, in KFFSC, especially, I am not going to go to battle with one quarterback anymore. I just can't do it. Uh, it got, it let me down in too many leagues where I had Dak Prescott and it just, it killed me from the get go. I cannot do it anymore. Matthew Stafford, another perfect example too. Um, it, it's just good business to have two quarterbacks on your team. You never know which one. Think about all those two, Atunga tongue teams who were drafting him as the 14th, 15th quarterback off the board and all of a sudden that they're starting him every single week. So that's something I will fix for 2022 or 2023, I promise you. Final email tonight, Paul in Omaha. Hey Balky and Farrell, I know I know Balky is not strong enough to do it, but would you bench Ezekiel Elliott on Sunday night football against the Colts in favor of Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, you're right. I'm not strong enough to do it. I'm going to play Elliott against the Colts over Pacheco. Farrell, what would you do?
1: He's from Omaha, so he should call uh, Brock or Schroeder and ask that question yeah. and yeah. leave us alone. You know, both those guys, are. that's where he needs to be. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is making it work. He looks healthy. Uh, that That's what you want to do. But that's an intriguing question, and I congratulate the final emailer of the night for giving us Probably the best question, but uh no, I like Ezekiel. Uh that that was not a Dave Turp question, you know. No. Turp oh, would take whoever was backing up the other running back and say you should start him too over Ezekiel. Still uh, orders run deep in Philadelphia.
0: Exactly. You are right. Elliott too, by the way. The Cowboys are ten and a half point favorites against the Colts. So obviously a positive game script uh for Elliott there. The Chiefs are only two and a half point favorites. And that the total is almost 10 points higher in that Mm -hmm. Chiefs Bengals game, but but still I and and I know that um you know there's people say, why how are you benching the starting running back on a nine and two team um get uh giving away two and a half points. You gotta find a way to get him in. I'm gonna find a way to get him out. I'm gonna play Elliott this week. I think uh I'm with you obviously Hudson Kern-Reeve, our resident not only Ivy League professor but Cowboys fan, loves the uh, Ezekiel Elliott part of the equation here. He is starting Elliott as well. We certainly appreciate that, Kern. And I appreciate Farrell Elliott hopping aboard uh, once again, spending his Friday night with me when he could be scouting all the players in this Pac-12 championship game that's going on between SC and Utah SC, which is losing, by the way. Uh, so that'll be a fun way to end up uh, my Friday night here. Farrell, thank you so much uh, for joining me. We will uh, do this again exactly 23 hours from now, next Friday, when we'll have another great guest and your shining face and great fantasy analysis.
1: Thank you, again. I want to tell everyone that listens next week that they will have another uh, commentary about how you have moved up the boards in various KFFSC contests uh, and you are planning your first trip of 2023 to be the KFFSC Super Bowl party and draft where you have already uh, made your reservations and committed to attending. <laughs>
2: Fantastic.
1: Funny. That is the plan. I have not made reservations. Yes, we don't go off plan. Once plan's made. We stay with the plan. We do not go off plan. Yes, good to... Ladies and
0: gentlemen, what you're witnessing right now is is how the KFFSC has experienced exponential growth <laughs> in the last ten years, and and no, continues well. to become one of the dominant forces in. Fantasy we want football. you to
1: be able to stand prosperity, Balky. You <laughs> yeah. get down here for the Super Bowl, All right. All thank right. you,
0: thank you, Farrell. We'll do this again Friday, dude. Thanks. Uh, have a great weekend, Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, and uh, he doesn't work in sales per se, but he could be a gajillionaire if he did, because he is that good at it. I want to thank Scott Cove, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you for watching tonight. Reminder, if you did not see the road of his high-stakes lowdown with the fifth-place finisher in the FFPC main event regular season, Praveer Shcherbastava, make sure you're checking that out at youtube.com slash Fantasy. Or uh, the RotoViz high uh, stakes lowdown uh, page, uh, rotaviz.com slash podcast. It should be in the rotation on there. As I said, we will be back next Friday at 10, 9 central. The Rotaviz high stakes lowdown will be back right here on this YouTube channel on Tuesday night at 10, 9 central. We'll be talking with the uh, 10th place finisher in the Football Guys Players Championship regular season, Daniel Priestner, AKA. Joe Van Gogh. He will be joining me uh, and we'll be talking a little fantasy football uh, FFPC main event football guys league championship week. We'll get you set uh, for week 14. Reminder that the high stakes fantasy football show on the better sports network goes live Wednesday at 10, nine central, not only in the better sports network app, but YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all those. Uh, you can watch us live. I'll uh, attend to midnight on Wednesday night. So we will take you all the way up to the midnight hour myself and another great guest from the industry Uh, play the FFPC weekly challenge, no draft, no salary cap draft, the 10 players you want. If you are playing in the slim version, the 12 players, if you want uh, that you want, if you are playing in the version with kickers and defenses Um, and you can play for 30 bucks, you can play for $200, 30 team format, 100 team format, and a 10 team format, where if you just beat the nine other teams in the contest, you will get a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can compete for $1 million. Remember, here's what you do as we close out the video tonight. Thank you for watching all the way. YouTube appreciates that. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. I know you already are. And of course, comment on the video, which many of you have been doing. And of course, share the video with all your friends, um, it, whether it's to say, hey, look at this great fantasy analysis from from bulky and Farrell and scott or to poke fun at me uh that's fine too we just like you to to share it uh and then obviously click the notification bell every time we put up a new video so you get notified and make sure you never miss a high stakes fantasy football hour or a rotoviz high stakes load up thank you so much everybody we will uh wish you the best hopefully the ball bounces your way in the first week of the playoffs and uh, your weekend officially starts now Dizzle just pointed out in the YouTube chat right now, Utah just scoring another touchdown. For those of you who follow college football, and I think a lot of you who watch this show do because you probably play Dynasty and are looking at some of the prospects in this, this could throw a massive monkey wrench into the college football playoff if USC does indeed lose this game. Could we get two teams from the Big Ten in the college football playoff with only one from the SEC? That's anarchy. People in the setting right now. Uh, I'm going to watch the end of this game. I hope you do the same. Thank you so much. We will see you on Tuesday with Dan Priestner, and we'll be back here on Friday with Farrell Elliott and another great guest. Thanks for watching, everybody.